It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, a week nine edition. Can't believe the season is about to be more than half over. So let's get right to it. As always, I'd like to welcome in my guy who uh, just had a lovely chat with uh, prior. As I always say, I wish I could put out the pods we do beforehand because they're just so interesting and I feel like we get to know each other so well and that's why I love talking to him Etrik, and now we do what what we do best I suppose uh, and talk some fantasy football with me as always from footballguys.com on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom Mr. Sigmund Bloom hey buddy number nine and we, we made it to the ninth <laughs> we did it's Halloween I figure that ties in the Halloween theme uh, making it a little creepy uh, but also I think that we can look out this year James at the NFL there's a lot of bad teams and bad teams getting worse like Cincinnati or Denver Denver wasn't really that bad but now they're going to be bad and it's frustrating because James you can already look ahead and see that every week there's going to be more games that we just don't care about that you might even watch I the know. players and think I mean more than ever uh, it's going to be a peak year for games that just don't matter even probably that much to the players involved at least in terms of wins and losses uh, and I'm saying don't be that team in your fantasy league even if you're out, out of the playoffs play spoiler have fun with it uh and enjoy it and uh let it be the release and for you know for those of you that are ahead we get into that mode of tweaking your roster making a trade looking ahead stashing backup running backs on the bench uh and we start to get down to the nitty-gritty so uh it, it's fun uh it's a fun time because just like in the nfl the screws turn a little tighter 
I'm so with you. And it is a great message. You know, everyone hates that guy in their league. It's the worst. When you're fighting with someone for a playoff spot and you look over and, and you see they're playing someone who didn't set their lineup and has two bye weeks in, and it, it really sucks. It sucks for everybody. It, it degrades the whole thing we're doing and having fun with. So very with you. But also to your point, in terms of games that don't matter, that is what makes fantasy so great, is that some of these games towards the end of the oh, yeah. season where <laughs> there are teams that just doesn't matter, but it matters for us. And that's a fun thing you know it's a reason yeah. to be invested um all right let's dive into it. week nine crazy i think we are going to be halfway uh more than halfway through the season after this week we have uh four uh one not significant buy but the other three from a fancy perspective pretty significant bye weeks here the falcons the bengals the rams and the saints on by this week so um gonna have to dig deep as Sigmund likes to say. So, Sigmund, let's dive into it. We'll go through the whole slate and then have a little fun going inside your mind later on. And the, the number nine reference, that's uh, pretty funny because it might be in that direction. All right, Sigmund, let's uh, let's dive in here um, as it is a uh, not exciting Thursday night game. The undefeated Niners heading to take on the uh, probably better than expected Cardinals, but a Cardinals team that is hurting at running back so much so they traded for Kenyon Drake. Sigmund, what do you think about this one? Yeah, this is like the fight after school that you, everyone hangs out to see where everybody knows that one kid's going to get beat up pretty bad, but people still hang around to see it anyway because <laughs> poor Tyler Murray. I mean, it's San Francisco were the bullies last week against Carolina, and Arizona's going to be overmatched. Christian Kirk could catch six or seven balls in this game. Uh, Kenyon Drake, we can see him in a Cardinals uniform. David Johnson's getting better, you know, to see if he's helped, if he's free. You stay away from Kyler Murray here. On the San Francisco side, it's all Tevin Coleman. It's Tevin Coleman's world. We're just living in it. He had his best week as a pro last week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders might see some of Patrick Peterson, but I think his potential is excellent in this offense. He's the number one receiver right away, and they are going to have some matchups when they need to pass more. But yeah, this as an appetizer. Let's just be thankful, James. Spoiler alert. Sunday night's game. Hopefully, if it goes the way it could, will be the game of the year. Yeah, that is a, a great point. That is going to be a really fun one to get to. Potentially, maybe they get the one. I think there's a, a better chance that the Patriots get their first loss this week than the, than the Niners. We'll put it that way. We'll get to that game coming up. Let's get to uh, the Sunday slate. We do have an early one, so always uh, – for fantasy players, be on the lookout for those 930 games, those early lineup setting. An interesting one, too, is Houston taking on the uh, London Jaguars, Sigmund. This is what they do. They go to London and they play well, but also a big AFC South clash. What do you think about this one? High-scoring game. Hey, hey, AFC South is totally up for grabs. All it's crazy. It's a wild four. division. Well, yeah. Last place is 4-4. Four and four. First place is 5-2. and two. All the teams are going to play each other a lot in the second half of the year. And it's not like the Colts have been a juggernaut. <laughs> They've squeaked some exactly. out. So, so yeah. Um, you're loving Deshaun Watson. Hopkins is getting a ton of targets now. Darren Fells is moving into a consideration running backs have limited upside here. Kenny stills is a boom bust play. If you need ceiling, you might look to him, uh, hoping AJ boy spends the day on Deandre Hopkins. Uh, and you know, always, I'm just glad that Deshaun Watson and Gardner Minshew will get a national stage here. Poor Kyler Murray. He gets a national stage and it's against the 40. <laughs> uh, you know, Minshew watch DJ Chark. There was a quad thing, but Chark looks like, you know, just a smash play this week against the Houston secondary. Uh, watch if DD Westbrook is out. If, or even limited in practice, that makes Chris Conley look really good. Uh, of course, Leonard Fournette, check out the mic'd up. 
he heard he need milk. Like he was <laughs> watching Leonard Fournette, especially after reading, I think it was a Ty Dunn piece in the off season about what Leonard Fournette had done to reinvent himself. We all want to believe we can change, right, Jane? Oh, I loved, I, I read the, that uh, in Wyoming where he's like, <laughs> I love the thing about he's never had a, a, a bad season before. Like he's never been a loser before in a season. He's like, I'm never letting that happen again. I was all in on Fournette this season when I saw that piece. Yeah, let's enjoy that. So, and, and, we'll, and we'll enjoy this game. This is going to be an excellent appetizer for Sunday. Yeah, and Fournette definitely, like, just from a volume perspective, maybe the most consistent volume you can count on from week-to-week basis, especially how he's been involved in the passing game as well. All right, Sigmund, uh, from a pretty fun game to a less fun game, <laughs> not much fantasy goodness, I would think, in this one, uh, Washington heading into yeah. Buffalo. Ooh. Terry McLaurin, sorry, you know, F1 staying in the pits uh, with Keith Keenum will even last the game, Tredavious White. On the Buffalo side, Josh Allen looks good. Uh, of course, you're going to play John Brown here. Uh, Washington secondary is not good. We saw what Stephon Diggs did. Um, we'll watch this backfield. We'll be more Frank Gore if they control this game as they should. That's the thing. Buffalo, you watched them last week. This is a playoff team. I know the audience I'm talking to understands this. This is a playoff team in the AFC, really? Uh, they've got to reestablish themselves, uh, make the layup that they've been given on the schedule here. Um, and I, you know, I like Buffalo. I want Buffalo to do well, so I want them to start to generate some momentum here. Washington, it's almost not even worth it, I suppose, as an NFC East fan to hate Washington because they're just so pathetic that, I mean, they make the wrong decision. They're the worst run franchise in the league by a large margin. It's been that way for a while, and it's all coming to a head. Yeah, they're an afterthought to us, Sigmund. Yeah. Legitimately, they're an afterthought. I, I know that Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen are going to fuck it up every year. It's I just know it. Like, James, I'm going to get heavy here. It's the Washington, D.C. team. Wink, wink. It's symbolic. Wink, <laughs> yeah. wink. Yeah, it's a good point, especially with the Game 7 happening tonight as we are recording this. So uh, good point there. Um, all right, Sigmund, let's uh, let's move on here. Oh, by the way, real quick, Devin Singletary, I did from watching, actually watching a full Bills game start to finish as an Eagles fan. I think he's better than Frank Gore, yeah. and, and I think if he gets the opportunity more, that's an interesting guy to make sure you have stashed. Obviously, I think he's owned, but maybe worth trading for. I think there could be an uptick as the season goes on. Definitely played more snaps against the Eagles. Granted, they were behind. Uh, all right, Sigmund, moving on. As uh, This was looked like it was going to be a really good game with the Vikings heading in to take on the Chiefs, but instead it looks like another week of Matt Moore, who's okay. Yeah. But what do you think about this game from a fantasy perspective? Uh, Watch Adam Thielen on the practice reports. Uh, it's not necessarily guaranteed he's going to play, but if he's on the field, you got to play him. Stephon Diggs, Kirk Cousin looks solid, although expect a ton of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison, by the way, the most important backup running back to carry in fantasy leagues. It's that time of year. Uh, you know, there's 10 or 12 clear backups. Speaking of Leonard Fournette, you know, guys like Reichwell Armstead that could become league winning running backs. So make sure you have those guys on your bench. Madison absolutely tops that list. Uh, Kansas City's defense is going to have trouble getting off the field or stopping really just about anything Minnesota wants to do here. Although the tight end split that production between Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph on the Kansas City side. I mean, James, you can remember Matt Moore was once a quarterback that we said, he should be a starter, or at least every time we see him play, he looks good. So he's not... Yeah, he started part of a playoff game yeah. against your Steelers. Yeah, well, Brock Osweiler started a playoff game. That's so, true. Uh, but I'm with you. Matt Moore is, is on the high-end list of the 
oh, Matt Moore's their backup. Right. They might be okay yeah. kind of guys. And sustaining fantasy value. And sustaining fantasy value in a good offense. So you're not afraid to play Hill. You're not afraid to play Kelsey. You're watching how this McCoy, Damian Williams thing is going to shake out. Um, probably not playing Watkins or Hardman, although that gives you a little more incentive to if you need a waiver wire quarterback and Matt Moore's there to consider him. And look, Minnesota, and I know the audience I'm talking to knows this all too well, Minnesota 6-2, and two, they're not secure at all, Right. And mm-hmm. they can't afford to lose this game. Uh, Kansas City's five and three. I mean, let's give Oakland and Chargers a little respect, but they're probably okay. I mean, once Patrick Mahomes, and that's the thing, Mahomes could play, by the way. I just don't believe it. That's why I didn't talk about it much. Maybe he will. But Kansas City can be loose going into this game. They know they can lose this one, and the most important games are ahead. Minnesota, every game's important. So it'll be interesting to see, because Minnesota is one of those teams, I hate saying this to a Philly audience. That was a, kind hmm. of a weird game. But you know, I still feel like, I don't know if Minnesota, they're six and two. I don't know if they're a good team yet. Uh, this could be a good game to measure them. No, I think it's a fair point. I think there are a lot of teams. Like I don't, I don't think there are that many teams where I look at them and know for three. sure they're New all England, really, New Orleans, yeah, and San the Francisco. Saints. That's yeah, it. I think those are. I agree with you. I think those are the only three teams I look at and say, "Oh, you're really good." Definitely agree with you though. The uh, it'll be easier to make the playoffs in the AFC. Period. I think than the NFC. The NFC is going to be tough. So this game certainly should mean more. To the Vikings. All right, this game, I think we could breeze through this one pretty quick. Jets at Dolphins. Huh. And we're more, more coming. I think Miami Cincinnati is like week 16. Um, yeah, it is. You, you know, you think about Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, certainly, it, he had to dig deep. They put Xavier Howard on IR. So, you know, it's just going to be. It should be like a seven on a seven, seven on seven drill for this offense. Even guys like Crowder and Thomas, Le'Veon Bell should have a big game here. But then again, we thought, okay, there's the god awful teams like Miami, and then there's the teams that have something to work with, but aren't good teams like the Jets. But the Jets have been looking like a god awful team, and they're another organization that just continues to be mismanaged. So, are they going to really show that they're in the same tier in this game? It's possible. Um, on the Miami side, you know, same as all. Mark Walton gets a chance, but that's you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Um, the Jets gave away their best. I almost say gave away. I like Leonard Williams more than most. They gave away a third and a fifth. They get a third and a fifth for a player that was a top five pick. That hurts. <laughs> um, but he was still a big, important part of the run defense. And uh, this wasn't a talented defense to begin with. So maybe that helps Mark Walden. But this is just don't be the part of the uh, fantasy league that feels like the Jets or the Dolphins this week. I think that's a really good way to bring it back to that. All right. Uh, big NFC game. The Eagles hosting the Bears. Man, Sigmund, I have not watched a ton of Bears football this year, but I feel pretty confident in saying Mitch Trubisky is terrible. He is a bad quarterback, well, Sigmund. it's a bad dynamic, right? I mean, let's start there with the Bears. You're going to play Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson's just awesome, and that's it, really. Uh, David Montgomery, you know, y'all know, Eagles run defense is the strength of the defense, so... Dave Montgomery's not going to have another breakout-type week. Uh, But the larger story here is much more interesting, the non-fantasy story, that you can just see there's an ultimate loss of confidence here. I mean, there's a certain point that it's just like the team doesn't believe in Trubisky. Trubisky doesn't believe in Trubisky. Where Matt Nagy says, and he's going to lose his team if he hasn't already, if he continues to proclaim. I mean, I hope that behind the scenes he's not saying the same things he says to the media about Trubisky. Yeah, but, or about the decision to kneel on fourth on uh, that down yeah. there before kicking too. That was that was one of the worst coach answers I've ever heard. Right. And I watched Andy Reid talk about <laughs> stuff for a long time. Yeah, it was terrible. And they're three and four, and it's a must-win game. If they're three and five, and it, it, with the schedule they have left, 
the, the they have the Giants. That's the only thing close to a gimme they have. And I don't know if the Giants are totally a gimme. So, but not with this team. Uh, this is a must-win game for them. And for Philly, it's a must-win game too. But you got to admire Philly because even after the low point against Dallas, they go into Buffalo, which is never an easy place to play. And it's a, they're a proud team, Buffalo. I mean, they're, they're a well-coached team. They're a high-effort team. And I love seeing Philadelphia being able to show multiple modes. You know, winning a cold-weather game against a cold-weather team. Um, and just resilience. And I feel like the Eagles, because they won the Super Bowl, because of the management, because of the coaching, because of the ethos of the franchise, is kind of like uh, uh, something we preach to kids, right? Like, just worry about yourself. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just concentrate on yourself. and Do your job, the yeah, Bill Belichick. Yeah, and like who's winning, who's losing, where are you at in the standings? doesn't matter. Just concentrate on your job that week. Win that game. You know, um, make your teammates proud. And uh, this week for fantasy, I think you stick with Jordan Howard. How do you not? I mean, talk about Absolutely. How do you not uh, give Jordan Howard 20 carries plus in this game? Well, especially also on top of that, Miles Sanders didn't practice today. Has the shoulder thing. Doug said, Doug Peterson said, um, not a huge worry. It's day to day, but... I wouldn't be shocked if he's limited or even doesn't go in this one. So I, this is a, especially against his former team too, monster Jordan Boston Howard Scott game. is fine. And look, uh, after what happened against Dallas, the last thing you want to do is is leave Carson Wentz hanging out there for Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd, et cetera. Uh, and because that was really, you know, the look, the Dallas game looked like a blowout, but it was really just breakdowns in the pocket in these situations where you can't have breakdowns. So run the ball. And, and Wentz did a fantastic job last week as a more conservative passer, but effective passer, just like he did against Green Bay. I mean, that's the other high point of the season so far, the Green totally. Bay game. So I think you mimic that blueprint, which means you spread the ball around. Deshaun Jackson could be back. Someone messed up, by the way. Who messed up, James? Who messed up? Was it Deshaun Jackson? What is his agent? Was it the team doctor? Was the bear the beanie you're talking about with the uh, Instagram thing? Or just the whole the whole Hot Deshaun thing? Surgery. He obviously should have got surgery. Oh, I, 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 he got So, for, and I don't have any inside information, but from the way I've looked at this situation, it's clear Deshaun told the team he didn't want surgery. I would oh, bet okay. my life the team suggested surgery. My guess is that someone in Deshaun's camp or Deshaun himself thought that it was a good idea to not get the surgery. That'd be my guess. Yeah, the Eagles well, have said the Eagles have said that they did not want him to get the surgery. They are backing Deshaun across the board. But sure. if I had to guess, I would guess that I mean why wouldn't you get the surgery there? And maybe we don't understand the full injury, so who knows, but right, right. it the I would guess that that he just didn't want to get the surgery for some reason. And I'm pessimistic about him for fantasy. I mean really Yeah, I'm pessimistic, period. I mean with this injury and him trying to like rehab up. it and get back it's like like you mentioned the F1 from McCormick before. It's like, you know, it's a tired analogy, but it's true. It's like trying to, to get a high-performance racing car with, like, you know, some sort of piece missing or some sort of, you know, whatever. It, yeah. it just doesn't work. You can't, you can't just clude your way through it. So, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard's interesting to watch. I mean, I think Zach Ertz is obviously due for, like, an 8 for – 98 in the touchdown game kind of game. It could be this game. It's coming um, because the comfort zone is still there if it offers it. But it's nice to see Dallas Goddard evolve. And there's still he still is not even close to growing into his paws as the player he's going to become, which is exciting. But for fantasy for now, especially his involvement in the red zone is good. Uh, but yeah, these are two teams going. Th- this game is an excellent study in contrast of the emotional ebb and flow of a season for a team because these two teams are just at opposite points right now where a week ago, Philly was at that point, and you saw how they reacted. How's Chicago going to react? Sigmund, moving on yours from my squad to your squad, yep, yep. Uh, and not a not you know 
Not the best time to be a Steelers fan, but you guys have won a lot, so not too much pity for you. Uh, the Colts heading in to take on the Steelers. What do you think about this? Steelers one? fans are insufferable. If I wasn't a Steelers fan, <laughs> fans are annoying because of, we're a neurotic. We're a neurotic bunch. But I'm trying to have hope. I'm trying to be positive. Um, you know, we've got Baltimore playing New England. If they lose and the Steelers can win this game, they're a game out of first. Weeks, Look at that. Weeks Positivity. Yeah. Love it. And, the, and, all, and there's a lot of winnable games on the second half schedule. This is going to be a game that's much more interesting to watch than it is to watch in your fantasy lineups. But, you know, you play T.Y. Hilton, you're lowering expectations for him. The Steelers' defense is good. Marlon Mack, maybe you bench if you're thinking about it. I mean, James White in a PPR league versus Marlon Mack. I might just play Mar- James White because I feel more comfortable avoiding the bust score there. Um, and on the Steelers' side, we're watching James Conner on the shoulder. Jalen Samuels is healthy. Uh, make sure he's not on the waiver wire. Again, the high-value backups. Um, he may be a high-value uh, player this week for us. Juju looked like Juju. You saw Deontay Johnson three games, three touchdowns in four games with Rudolph. That gives you hope. Uh, but I think this is a field position game of don't make any mistakes, uh, any big turnovers. Don't make a short field for the opponent, 17-13. And, you know, Indy's five and two and in first place. But, James, we could look up and they are five and six and in last place a month from now. Yeah, no, I could would not be shocked at all. It's a really good point. They've squeaked out a bunch of them. All right, Sigmund, last on the one o'clock slate. Another, I don't think, super exciting fantasy game, but two teams that are competing, as it were. The Titans heading in to take on the Panthers. Ryan Tannehill, the savior. Well, they're four and four. Um, and. Carolina, speaking about coming back from emotional bottoms, bottoming out, you know, what happened to them in San Francisco was just humiliation. So um, you've got the whole Cam Newton story hanging in the background here. Tennessee's 4-4. Obviously, they need to get this game in the nip and tuck AFC South. I think you're going to see a ton of Derrick Henry. After what San Francisco did to Carolina last week, why wouldn't you just run Derrick Henry at them repeatedly unless Mm -hmm. they show they can stop him? So the tight end... Johnny Smith really clicked with Tannehill. Otherwise, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, we thought for a second we might be able to trust them with Brian Tannehill, maybe not so much. And Carolina's corner play is pretty strong here. Um, on the Carolina side, it's all Christian McCaffrey. You know, Tennessee has vulnerabilities in the secondary, but Curtis Samuel's got a shoulder thing. We've got to watch that. So, yeah, that may make D.J. more, and he's that high floor option a little more attractive, but it's all Christian McCaffrey. So, um, you know, this game... I don't think it's going to be very subtle. It's going to come down to the running backs and, and maybe if some of the strong pass rushers on these two sides can make a play when it's not the running backs. All right, Tigman, moving on to the 4 o'clock and beyond games. Let's start it with a uh, interesting maybe loser leaves town match here as the Lions heading in to take on the Raiders. Yeah, and you know, the Lions uh, going into this game with the, the tricks the vandalism, the Halloween vandalism uh, last week to fantasy teams with the running back situation. Ty Johnson didn't start. Oh, yeah. People were not psyched about no, that segment. No, no. Not that Trey Carson did anything. But it's the Matthew Stafford's team now. Play Marvin Jones anyway, even though he was down last week because you know the ceiling. Um, and, of course, play Kenny Galladay. Danny Amendola has had two great weeks back-to-back. He's been really good. I picked him up in the WIP League, and he had a really nice week for me. And Oakland's not exactly a pass defense that we're afraid of. So you may go back to him. You know, Stick with the hot hand, if you will, from a fantasy perspective uh but matthew stafford's really the hot hand here he's gonna retire an underrated player you know yeah I yeah still- it, unremarkable career with really great numbers and never he just never really had a team around exactly him. it's because of the franchise um yeah oh so. for sure oh, absolutely i mean he's a he's a really good player yeah. like a great you know really borderline great at times quarterback who just never 
had the defense, never had the supporting yeah. team. Like it's just never had it. No, and so he he'll he'll go down underrated. Um, John Gruden maybe will go down underrated as a coach for what he's done this year with Oakland's offense. Detroit's defense looked like it was disintegrating before our very eyes last week against the Giants. So Derek Carr's getting it done with whoever, and that whoever actually Tyrell Williams looked great last week, getting some downfield shots. Derek Carr throwing the ball downfield. Uh, almost they almost traded for Robbie Anderson. I would like to see that. Uh, Darren Waller, and you know, he only had two and eleven and a touchdown. You're leaving him in. Josh Jacobs is fantastic. It, just the way he runs the ball, everything about how he approaches his job, you love it. He and Gruden are like a mind meld. Although it's probably going to uh, result in Jacobs' shoulder being a spaghetti by the end of the season. Uh, but you would, in the meantime, you're going to rack up. I mean, this could be a very high scoring game, and like you said, a kind of a loser goes home game for uh, Oakland. You know, they can win. They're going to keep Kansas City in sight. This is a proud team. They don't have much defense, but they have offense. So this is going to be a game you want a piece of in your DFS lineups. All right, Sigmund, moving on to a game that maybe not as much real-life uh, action on it as the Bucks have really yeah. fallen out. But uh, but a lot of fantasy goodness in this one. The Bucks heading into Seattle. What do you think? On the Seattle side, it's the Bucks' defense. So uh, Russell Wilson should be highly efficient, make some explosive plays downfield to Tyro, Tyler Lockett, to DK Metcalf, you know, Chris Carson. He's been fantastic. You look at the way he runs the ball. They're going to probably control this game. Even with Tampa Bay's tough run defense, you know, Carson could have a 20 for 60 but two touchdowns kind of game. And he can also catch a touchdown, too, he's seen earlier this year. Tampa, and I mean, this is one of those things like, James, we thought of NFL teams as like television shows. And we were television critics. We would say like Tampa has to be canceled. Like it's just hacked. <laughs> I mean, it's just been, like James Winston basically. Like they at least need to get change the turn the page the same yep. way Cincinnati did with Andy Dalton. I mean, it's in the same way that Tennessee did with Marcus Mariota. Like it's just time to turn the page. Uh, but in the meantime, Winston fuels big numbers for Evans, big numbers for Godwin. Sometimes alternatively, and we'll see. OJ Howard's still banged up. Not that you are going back to him. OJ Howard. Hopefully, he can exercise the demons the way that Eric Ebron did last week, the year with Indy. But it, right now, OJ Howard just a player that's going to make people cringe in fantasy football circles if you mention the name. Yeah, and, and Tampa. I mean, they're going to play hard, playing it out for Bruce Arians. But Seattle again. Are they a good team? They're in the playoffs right now. Uh, I don't know. They should be able to beat Tampa, who's not a good team. Yeah, I'm with you. It's an interesting one from that perspective. I don't know how good they are. Chris Carson, though, is I love watching that guy. My favorite Chris Carson tweet I saw, I can't remember who it was, but they tweeted, I'm pretty sure Chris Carson's parents didn't hug him as a child because that man runs angry. And I was like, yeah. yes, perfect. Uh, all right, moving on, Sigmund. Uh, this is, uh, man, the Browns. It has not gone well for them. And the Broncos, not gone well for them either, squaring off in Denver. What do you think? Cleveland better win this game. Um, yeah, man. And they have to get, and you know, halfway through the season last year, they turned it around. They got some positive momentum going. You're no positive momentum right now. Well, I guess they were competitive, you know, to an extent with New England. Um, but, you know, you love Nick Chubb here. Uh, certainly, Odell Beckham, you're going to keep going back to the well. We'll see if Chris Harris follows him in this one. Chris Harris still a Bronco. What a big nothing burger, the trade deadline. Like, really? So... I mean, just Al Capone's vault. Not many people will be that <laughs> yeah, uh, Geraldo. Yeah, yeah. All the many incarnations of Geraldo out there. Yeah, right. Uh, the way that he's been part of our popular culture. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a winding path. Um, it, so you'll have 
Uh, Jarvis Landry's a little banged up here. Anyway, it could be a low-scoring, kind of ugly game. I don't know what the weather's going to be. It's been snowing a ton in Denver. On the Denver side, they're turning to a quarterback who hasn't played a snap in an NFL regular season game. So, it's always good. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant has already been doing his Eric Ebron impression. Speaking of Eric Ebron. So, yeah, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. I mean, what you hope is that just the Cleveland doesn't somehow run away with this game, which they probably won't. And you're just going to have like 40 touches between these guys. I mean, the offense should run through the running backs, so you may leave them in the lineup. But add Denver to the list of those teams, Cincinnati, Miami, Washington, that it's just no fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be really ugly. I'm with you there. All right, uh, two teams that one is fun to watch and one is – Infuriating, infuriating to watch uh, if they actually had any fans, I would assume. Packers heading in to take on the Chargers. I'm guessing like 29 of the 30,000 seats will be Packers fans in that soccer stadium. What do you think about this game, Sig? Yeah, the team that plays all of their games on the road. Uh, it's crazy. Aaron Rodgers is in top form right now yeah. without Devontae Adams, who may or may not be back for this game. It doesn't matter for fantasy. Basically, you just expect him to extract all of the, the the nectar that there is in this flower of a game, you know, um, he, and well it, done. Yeah. Thank well you. done. Thank you. Uh, it just, it just all happens anyway. <laughs> so when you're looking at, um, of course you're gonna play Devontae Adams, but even Alan Lazard, does Alan Lazard look like the number two? Even Jim, I think so. Jimmy Graham. Kumaro keeps getting in the end zone. It's, right? it's crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, Aaron Jones is a superstar. And then there's Aaron Jones. Yeah. And Jamal Williams, has, he scored three straight weeks now. Uh, they like, yeah, he's playable. They too. like to yeah, pass right. around the, the goal line. Plus he has that injury value. Aaron Jones. I always like to bring up Aaron Jones. Uh, being from El Paso, including high school, like my, my lovely wife, Kate, uh, El Paso Strong. And he wore, and if you haven't seen it, James, you, you should look it up. Getting off the plane in Kansas City, he wore a beautiful green and I don't know what shade of yellow Green Bay yellow is. I want to be able to give it that embellishment. But I believe I it's cheese yellow. Yeah, yeah cheddar yes. yellow. Um, yes. Uh, sombrero walking off of the plane and just looking like the coolest That's dude. awesome. And, awesome. I, and I, I put it out there that when a running back goes over 200 yards and gets multiple touchdowns, 200 total yards, we will call it now the green sombrero that he had <laughs> wearing a green. Because actually the, the video Well, it's so in baseball, and it's funny because in baseball, like the opposite way, four strikeouts in a game is the golden sombrero. Exactly. So there's so you see the references some, there. Yes, that's, that's good. very good. The green good sombrero, uh, green yeah. green for money. And also, it was I forget who it was that tweeted it out, but they had the video of him walking off the plane. It was before the game. It was the day before the game. And they very said cool. Aaron Jones, I, I don't know the exact way they put it, but they, the sentiment was Aaron Jones is going to go off this week. You know, just because he looked awesome. so cool in the green yeah. sombrero. Well, it was true. Yeah, it was. It was. What about the Chargers side? Oh, geez. Phillip Rivers, uh, Green Bay's defense hasn't been slowing anybody down. Now, Phillip Rivers can spread the ball around. You know you're going to play Hunter Henry. Keenan Allen should be healthier. Still got a lot of targets last week. Mike Williams still getting those downfield targets. You like air yards. You like Mike Williams. He's not turning them into catches and yards, but the ball's flying through the air. Uh, and then all these newfangled stats segments. Yeah. And did you see? Did you did you did you dust off your Ken Wisenhunt got fired today sign and put it up? Oh again? yeah, buddy. Yeah. So it's, oh yeah. What's Anthony Lynn gonna do? I mean, as long as he can run the ball. So maybe Melvin Gordon you still stick with at least as a flex play. Austin Eckler they need to pass to. This could be a, a pretty good 38-31 kind of back. And fourth no defense game i am with you all right segment game of the week go mm-hmm. oh 
the, will the Death Star get blown game up? Game of the season? Yeah. Game of the... Yeah, wait, well, look, there. we can go back in our collective memory, and John Harbaugh versus Bill Belichick matchups have sometimes been just scintillating, where each team is driving the opponent to a higher level of, of focus and execution and inspiration, you know? Yeah, well, we all remember the, the undefeated season that obviously ended in a Giants loss. Like, the Ravens, not even mm-hmm. a great Ravens team that year, took them to the brink yeah. that season. And the Ravens, I think, did Joe Flacco win in Foxborough once? I yes, they, they won a playoff game and in then Foxborough. There was, and, and they yes. also have, have taken it down to the very end, too, against them. So, so look, the Ravens know, too, that, that again, if the Steelers, especially if the Steelers beat the Colts and they know that, then the Steelers can move within a game of them if they lose this one. I mean, every game is important. Um, what does Bill Belichick do? And from a fantasy perspective, you're going to play Lamar Jackson. Mark Ingram's a little tougher. Um, Marquise Brown should be back for this one. You're not going to put him right back in the lineup. You're going to play Mark Andrews. On the New England side, um, Brady, you know, hey, Baltimore's getting Jimmy Smith back, and they're familiar with Brady. It should be interesting to see how that goes down. He doesn't have an automatic target other than Julian Edelman that you plug into lineups to see if Mohamed Sanu gets worked in more. Um, Sony Michelle, there were some comments from the team, from one of the coaches, like he has to be more efficient and not go east-west. So let's watch that. Keep that in mind as we see how the running back carries are divvied up and how Michelle performs. But really... What's in, and Philip Dorsett's interesting because he's the deep target. You know, you want to look for a ceiling. But th- this is a football matchup. It's so fascinating because you've got Lamar Jackson, and they're coming off of a bye. They're at home. You've got Lamar Jackson, who really – you have to be in awe of him and Deshaun Watson right now. The way that they're, they're growing up before our very eyes is the kind of quarterbacks that basically dictate the terms to the defense and just do things that – you know, these quarterbacks that we've come to – to uh, adore at least the, some of their plays, you know, they're the ones who have been doing this for years, but they're doing it like in year two and year three of their career. So what's Bill Belichick going to do to take, this has been the ultimate morphing defense. Well, what does this defense morph into to take away Lamar Jackson? Does Lamar Jackson have the counterpunch loaded, you know, deep passing or otherwise um, the, the, the mental and physical, uh, um, you know, the, the sparring, um, uh, in this game, like how the play reflects tactics and execution. It's going to be unbelievable to see. And then, you know, Baltimore, is New England's offense that good? I don't know. Is, uh, how many points has their defense put up or how often have defense given them short fields, yeah. et cetera? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the first New England game this year because my Steelers certainly didn't do it in week one, one arm Roethlisberger. This is the first New England game that feels like a fair fight. Or maybe 100%. maybe Buffalo did, but that game was sixteen ten, and 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 the Bills had to be really inept on offense to not win that game, you know. So I, I as, a, as somebody, and you know, I I admired Belichick, but this year with the Antonio Brown stuff, something about the interview with uh, whenever he did the scowl when he was asked, that made made me finally join on. To, I called him the Death Star. I probably said it already on the show two or three times. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is going to be a game. I think we can all unite. James, it's hard at this moment in our country to unite. Let's unite against the Patriots. Yeah, 100% with you. And then we can do it in three weeks when the Eagles play them and everyone can unite on our side. And when the Saints beat them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I mean, we're the Eagles, but yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Look, it's far more likely it's the Saints than the Eagles. I'll tell you that. All right, Sigmund, one more. Speaking of the Eagles, the. Two actual rivals we care about squaring off. It takes a lot for me to root for the Giants, but I will certainly root yeah. for the Giants on Monday night. Dallas coming into town. What do you think? Yeah, you give Daniel Jones a puncher's chance. Sterling Shepard should be back for this one. So now all of a sudden, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, and Darius Slayton 
who who uh, Halloween was a week early. He put on his Hakeem Nicks costume in that game against Detroit. You know, they can go at Dallas. They can go at them. Uh, and, you know, from a fancy perspective, Golden Tate's got a high floor here. Um, Saquon Barkley's back to himself last week. You love that. So it makes Jones even kind of interesting as Dallas is coming out of their bye. On the Dallas side, it's Zeke, it's Cooper. Uh, Dallas, Jason Witten usually does well against the Giants. Blake Jarwin has four touchdowns in his last two games against the Giants. If you're really going <laughs> to okay. if you're going to dig deep here, uh, you got Michael Gallup, who, you know, they've got their own array of weapons. They got Dak Prescott, of course, too. But other than that Philadelphia game, you know, they have been a team that has only beat up on weak opponents. And, True. and that was the Giants the first time around, but this is a different Giants team. So, yeah, you, I think you give the Giants. Uh, a puncher's chance here. I think that this is a great game. I think, you know, we saw this happen with the the Browns last year where a team can really just relax because they know they've got their quarterback. They know their their plan is on track. They know that what happens this year doesn't matter because everything's going in the right direction. Now, Cleveland comes to find out the next chapter is not what they were expecting. Regardless, mm-hmm. I think that I want to see a relaxed Giants team. So, you know, there's some guys on defense uh, – Lorenzo Carter, Dexter Lawrence, Jabril Peppers has been playing well. Did the Giants win the Odell Beckham trade? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know that these, yeah, Sunday night, Monday night, some interesting things afoot. All right, Sigmund, let's get to the part of the show that I like the most. And you alluded to before the number nine. It's Halloween. So let's do it. Let's do a little Halloween-themed inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. I'm not going to ask you what your favorite Halloween candy is because I know you. We've talked about it. You love the tart, sugary yeah. kind of candies, as do I, a man after my own art. So I'll take the other obvious one and throw it at you and then some more outside-the-box one. But what's the best Halloween costume you ever wore? Man, I'm kind of a, a humbug guy about Halloween. So... <laughs> I have never poured myself into my oh, segment. I know the closest I did for like really getting excited about a Halloween costume that I did like a DIY thing. And this is just a chance for me to brag and say I was at Glens Falls in 1994 for the, the first uh, oh, that's awesome. Halloween show. And I was Mr. Palmer. That is awesome. I was Mr. Palmer. I had a nice, that is I had a, a nice, great costume. I had a nice secondhand suit. I had a lot of money flowing out of my pockets. I had a noose around my neck. Um, so that, that was it. Mr. Palmer, 1994. That is a great answer. And we'll get back to fish at the end of this four pack questions, fourth question. So well done, uh, teasing something. That also includes um, the number right. nine reference, by the way, the white album that they played the white yep. album that night. It's all coming yep. together. Yep. That's look at that. Love it. And it will come back around again. Uh, second question of the four pack. Uh, who is the scariest character of all time? Hmm. Scariest man. I mean, I'm thinking of like Lebowski when he looks in the mirror and sees that time man of the year. Like I look over my, <laughs> I see myself in the mirror. No, um, man, I'll say right now out of like um, pop culture right now, uh, yeah. Pennywise, I think has really gotten at people's uh, subconscious yes. or unconscious in a way. And it's People written, are always afraid of clowns to begin with, right. I feel like. And the package, it's funny because my, my wonderful love my life white wife kate and i were watching this it's a buzzfeed show but it's actually good where they just investigate all these unexplained phenomena and things like that you know uh where they're looking they're going to like haunted houses and asking the ghosts to come out and so on and um wanting to kind of dabble in in 
try to get those things to cross over and make themselves seen like do ghosts exist or not or do demons exist and there's this uh, idea of um that's put out there by some spiritualists that like demons will take the form of like a little girl or some very harmless form now clowns is like a twisted version of that but stephen king puts it right out there i mean fear basically represents fear and again, I want to now do a tangent on like what's going on in our country right now. But uh, I think Pennywise really has resonated with people because it's this idea, especially down in the sewers, right? Yeah. Maybe the Ninja Turtles. Maybe that's the next crossover. The Turtles. <laughs> Can we get that option right Michelangelo now? and Pennywise sharing a pizza. It sounds good. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Cowabunga. Dude, to that one. Um, all right. Uh, I think there's a fun one. Two music-related questions to close it out. The first one. Um, and it's a little of a, you know, kind of ethereal question, but what is the best spooky song? Oh. And spooky by the Atlanta Rhythm Section is I, it just a great, great. <laughs> it's, not, it's a great song. It's a great it is a, song. The, the, but the answer, there is a correct answer to this one. There's absolutely a correct answer to this one. Lay it on me. I put a spell on you. Oh, good answer. Yes. Oh, that is a yeah. great answer. It's Screaming Jay Hawkins. Um, and and there's a thing like Dr. John, rest in peace, always close to our hearts. And yeah, minds. absolutely. My wife was devastated. There's a, there's a, there's a place where the persona of a, of a musician, of a performer, and the person merge. You know, hundred percent. Doctor John is a perfect yeah, example of that. Even Jay Hawkins, I feel like there's a, there's a, there, in that song, like he really. I mean, listen to the song. You know, it's it's excellent. Uh, the sense that the 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 dynamic of of love or attraction or, you know, it's a thing that's been meditated on in so many songs. And this this is a unique take, uh, and a take that will stand out. And basically, like any other song you hear like this, you automatically think of Streaming Jay Hawkins. Uh, singing that, and it's Mystery Train too. By the way, he's in Mystery Train, Jim Jarmusch film. If you haven't seen it, wonderful film. Oh, about Mem- I have not seen it. Oh, interesting. About Memphis. I like Jarmusch. Ah, oh, you know, early the early Jarmusch. It's like it should. Yeah. And it should be like you watch watch Ghost Dog or watch Down by Law. If it's for you, then dive into the catalog. You'll probably yeah really enjoy it. So, Jim, Screaming Jay Hawkins, uh, rest in peace. That song, you know, you just mention the name of the song and you can summon it up immediately. Perfect, perfect, perfect answer. All right, last one. We mentioned it before. For those who don't know, uh, Fish, which Sigma and I both uh, big fans of, um, they do something very cool on Halloween every year, or at least most years, or you know, with breaks in between and all that. But they will play on Halloween, and they will don a musical costume. Right. And thus, what Sigma was talking about was they played the entire White Album at Halloween 1994 and then since they played Talking Heads Remain the Light who Quadrophenia um, you know uh, they played David Bowie I mean they played a bunch of very cool stuff and last year had a lot of fun um, tricking the audience into thinking they, they basically wrote a brand new album and said it was some weird band from the 80s Cosvote Vox but my question for you to make it a little more um, appealing to everybody imagine your favorite band does this whoever it is but in our case Fish what album would you most want to see a band cover live? Yeah, this is one that I'm probably going to make. I don't want to say I want to make people unhappy, but it's, it either is or it isn't. Um, you're on the bus or you're off the bus, right? The album I've always wanted to see brought into existence by a current group of musicians is Bitches Brew. And Ooh, it's the music. That, that, why am I not surprised yeah. you went that way? It's the music. I use a little snippet of it as the intro to my show. Um, I can remember um, 
you know, if whatever it is that you love, music, books, and you can love a lot of different things. You, we all remember the things in our life that you come and, and you encounter them and they stop you in your tracks. Just stop you in your tracks. People, right? Uh, and Or music or something that makes you stop and it's for you. Um, in some ways, the one of the main themes of our lives is just going through the world and finding the things like the bee and the you know the speech from adaptation about the bee and the orchid that looks I mean the the insect and the orchid looks like the insect and they kind of are mirrors of each other you know like we go through life looking for those things that are our flower there we go again with the flower and the nectar right yeah and um and it was just you know uh it bitches brew I think it was Omni magazine where they did a poll and they said what music should we put on like the the Voyager probe or whichever one was going outside the solar system in the 70s so that when the extraterrestrials like find like find it like what they get the right idea of it. yeah 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 and of I course. believe that bitches brew won that poll you know wow. I mean it makes sense I mean miles is one of the all-timers you know, across all genres right of music. right well and I just feel like bitches brew gives it's an it's a limitless it's the way that jazz you know if you love jazz like what it is about jazz that's so excellent is it's limitless music you know it's not bound by music on a page or lyrics or what people believe it means it's it's um it's a it's like bringing a flow into existence and then it can be constantly morphed and changed it's what we love about fish when they are on totally yeah totally and i feel like bitches brew or you could just turn the page to like uh, tribute to Jack Johnson, right? Um, yeah. Which famously was on a live one, the Fish Live album, as the play-in music, and yeah. and uh, that twenty-six minute track right off, you know, um, it's just to me like that place in music, the primordial ooze, you know, Sun yeah. Sun Ra can get there. There's some good Sun Ra, or even like Rashawn Roll and Kirk. Um, some of the John Coltrane spiritual jazz goes there, but it's just not knowing where it's going to go. Like the music takes you where it wants to go. Yeah. You know, that whole idea is, is I'm with you. And and I think that would be really cool. The idea of, of recreating a jazz album, because that is so ephemeral in a way. And like, so like, you know, it's um, in the moment. Well, so that's the thing, be, right? Cause you can go back yeah. to kind of blue and kind of blue miles davis brings in the musicians like what the day of right and yeah it really doesn't even give him mute he doesn't give them music right he just like it's gonna be like <laughs> and they just do it and kind of blue is the one of the most sublime albums in the history of recorded music and it was so in, in some way james when we would redo bitches brew because i know bitches brew sessions were you know to an extent all the music from that period was to an extent open-ended like this mm -hmm. and um it wouldn't even be covering an album right it would just be getting a bunch of badass musicians together and saying yep. start here go ahead go ahead let's see where it goes i think one of the yeah. songs might even be called the go ahead um that's awesome know? so yeah man that's what i want to see created live i love one of my favorite answers to any question i've ever asked you sigmund as always a pleasure oh always i'm gonna go listen to bitches brew yes me too also, Halloween. Uh, it's awesome. Isn't it great? All the little tendrils came together there. Awesome stuff from Sigmund, as always. We will be back next week to dive into Week 10. Until then, good luck in your Week 9 matchups, and thank you for listening to another edition of This Week in Fantasy. Fantasy.